0: Welcome again to this wonderful celebration of Christmas. A day so precious to us, just in terms of what it means being together with those we love, but as we gather to be reminded of the great depth of what it means to celebrate the birth of Christ. Thank you for setting aside this time to be with us as in many of our homes one of the decorations that we pull out of the attic every year is the manger scene complete with all the characters and we know where they go no one's going to mix shepherds and wise men we we're familiar with the scene we put the figures in their places of course in the center is Mary, Joseph, and then the Christ child. This has become such a a quaint, comfortable, traditional scene. One that we have seen innumerable times. One that is in many of our homes. It's on our greeting cards. It's part of the fabric of what it means to celebrate Christmas. And yet if if we truly think about what the major scene represents, our hands should literally tremble as we place those figures there. The, the birth of Christ In a manger is one of the two most astonishing scenes in all of human history. There, there is nothing in our lives, in the the recording of human history outside of these moments that can come anywhere close to the significance of what took place. In, a, in an area where animals were kept, in a feeding trough where moments before animals had fed, and, and now this, this little child, so vulnerable, born to peasant parents. And this is the great moment of human history. What could possibly make such a... A humble scene, something of wonder. The answer comes to us in what the angel said to Joseph. When the angel appeared to confirm to Joseph uh, what nobody believed that this baby had actually been a miracle of God coming upon Mary as she became pregnant. The angel said to Joseph in Matthew chapter 1, verse 23, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which means God with us. This was An impossible birth. The Bible means what it says. A young virgin woman gave birth to a child. It was a miracle of God unlike any that had ever taken place. And God's messenger went even further about the uniqueness of this child. For the baby of impossible birth was also one of extraordinary origin. The manger held more than a gift from God. This child was called God, God Himself with us. In that feeding trough was the appearing of the eternal Son of God joined with human flesh and born from Mary's womb was one who was truly and fully God and at the same time truly and fully man. As one songwriter has described in Word, Who could have dreamed, or ever foreseen, that we could hold God with our hands? And yet this child, no less than God in flesh, This birth was not a a temporary assignment. Jesus will forever be God, man, joined in one person. From that moment of birth onward for all time and beyond time, God will abide in the nature and body of a man born in a manger. And that has eternal consequences for us. For that means Jesus will always be God with us. As a man, Jesus experienced our suffering and struggles all that is difficult in this world. Jesus knows and understands human struggle, sorrow, pain, misuse, loss. He understands truly our burdens. And as a man, and this is why he came, Jesus could step into our place. which brings us to the other most astonishing scene in human history. Both of these scenes bracket the coming of the Lord Jesus, his birth in a manger, his death on a cross. For the baby Jesus grew up to be a man, the only perfect, completely sinless man who has ever lived. Jesus never acted incorrectly. He never had a thought without love. There was never any meanness, no selfishness. There was only within his breast the love for God and those around him. He is the only one ever. And then the only perfect man went to a cross, willingly, purposefully, and died in our place. Jesus, who is God with us, became Jesus, God who died for us. Christmas is more than the baby who was born in a manger. In the Christmas story is also the Son of God who died on a cross. As the angel Gabriel told Jesus, though he he could never have grasped it, Mary will bear a son. You shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. And when the angels appeared to the shepherds, declaring them of the Christ who was born, go to Bethlehem and see. The angel host declared unto you is born this day a Savior who is Christ the Lord. We need a Savior. There are many and many are sincere, who are trying to save, trying to fix, trying to make life work be better, but there is only one Savior. There is only one who is worthy and who is able to deliver us from the great burden upon everyone who has ever lived in this world, the burden of our sin. For we are all sinners, and though we can compare ourselves to one another and, and feel better than many, or maybe you're here and you knowingly feel worse, but the truth is, we're all sinners. For some of us to say, but I'm better than most people is like me standing here in this platform and saying, I'm closer to the sun than you are. The difference is meaningless. Our sin before a God who is holy and just, perfectly so, our sin places us in an inescapable position with eternal consequences. God who is holy must respond to all sin, and he sees it all. And he cannot ignore it. He he cannot forget it. He would cease to be God and perfect and holy and just. We cannot save ourselves from this. We're already sinners. We cannot undo our sin. The truth is, We have a hard time stopping, even setting aside a day without sin. Let alone being able to somehow erase the guilt that has stained our souls. And so what we could not do, God came to do. God came to save. And on the cross, Jesus did everything necessary. To save us. He took our guilt upon himself. He paid the debt in full. He went into the grave bearing our guilt and burst forth from the grave. Not just a soul but a flesh. The man who died now alive having conquered death and sin. Having paid in full the price for our sin. He has done all that is needed. The question is to us, what does the manger scene mean to you? And over the last few weeks, it is this thought that God has placed heavy on my hearts. For if you're like me, you've been to a lot of Christmas Eve services. There, There may not be anything you haven't heard. Maybe you have someone in your family that goes to church and they've tried to have conversations and talk to you about Jesus and... You want to be polite, but it's not that you deny any of it, but it, it, it doesn't have meaning. Maybe you might even think it's just kind of foolish religious stuff. Or, or maybe you actually you have some sense of belief. You, you would never say, I don't believe, however... The coming of Christ, born of flesh, dying on a cross, risen and reigning, it it doesn't shape your life. How we think about the manger and the one who lay in it in Bethlehem needs to go beyond lawn ornaments and greeting cards. It's not an exaggeration to say we must consider what it means that God was born in flesh. If Jesus is God in flesh, then we must pay attention. God himself came into this world. God who is there, who created the world just by speaking it into existence, that God joined himself with human nature. He was born into humanity. How can we not give attention to the reality God became flesh? We either must completely discard it as nonsense or if there is the slightest shred of thought that it's true, how do we not respond? God came. If Jesus got in flesh, then if God died on the cross, then there's no way we can save ourselves if it was necessary for God to forever join himself to human nature, for God to place himself on a cross to die bearing our sins, if God would do that, there is nothing we could do to save ourselves. For God to take such drastic measure, the only hope we could have, is that we look to him and call out to him if jesus died to save us then he is god who rose from the grave for it is empty a risen savior is someone greater than anyone we can offer anyone we can find, anyone that can declare themselves wise, anyone that we can elect into office, Jesus is infinitely greater than anyone with wisdom or hope or help. Jesus is singular in what he can do if he died to pay for our sins, proving it by coming out of the grave. And a risen God in flesh is someone each one of us will personally face. We will come before the one who came into the world and died for us. And there will be no excuse that we would even have the nerve to push out of our lips when we see him. Now you can ignore that God came and died, but you cannot escape it. You can ignore it, but you cannot avoid it. Neither the person of the living God whom we will face, nor the consequences of him dying for us and we brushed it aside. And my friends, why would we want to? Why would we want to ignore this God who would go so far for us, sacrificing, humbling himself for us? This is a God who truly loves this is a God committed beyond anyone else. This is a God all in to save. We who need to be saved. We have to ask, why a manger? Why a cross? God could have become flesh and been born in any number of ways and places, and yet God specifically chose that there would be this symbol we would remember, that the most humble birth possible, peasant family, and animal's feeding trough, God in flesh lying there in a town no one knew of, and across cross of all the ways to die. A form of death created by Rome to intimidate, to overwhelm, and cause people to be in such fear that they would never act against Rome. The most humble burst, the most devastating, torturous, barbaric of deaths. And that's what God chose as his way into the world and as he left it. He did that to show, to demonstrate how committed his heart was. We cannot comprehend the heart of God for us to help us. He he came humbly. He He left through the greatest suffering possible. This God is worthy to trust and to live for. No one is more faithful. The message of Jesus is not one to get past as you leave tonight. To get in your car and just let's set our attention on something else. This is truth, eternal truth, reality we all face and can never escape. So how can God with us become God with me? The Apostle Paul tells us in the book of Romans, chapter 10, verse nine, how is it that we receive what Jesus has done? If you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you shall be saved. To confess he is Lord is to recognize that we are sinners to need him. To to believe he was raised from the dead is... To recognize that he died for sin. It is to come to Jesus as he is. God who came and died and rose and rules. It is to come with him declaring our need. And it says, and you shall be saved. You do not have to go through some hoops in the church there is nothing you must do and building a life from that is acceptable and so God lets you in it is to declare your need come to Christ pour your heart to him and in that moment you will be saved the only way anyone is ever saved which is completely and forever it is the only way that Jesus saves and that happens in a moment when we call out to him. And all the the living and acting as God would want us is then our response that is right and good. And so, do you, do you see your need? Are you willing to admit your need to confess it to God? Are you willing to ask him, Lord, would you forgive me, save me, to then turn your life, Lord, would you lead me? That's what lies before all of us. Will we respond? We have been praying for this night, for this moment, for you. Our church wants to serve, to help you. We We are all here as those with all kinds of weaknesses and struggles, we need the Lord with us day by day. We want this church to be one that's a help to you in this. As you leave, we have brochures for children, adults that you can take, Uh, hostesses will have them, uh, that just explain in simple language what does it mean what Christ has done, just so you can read it and think about it. If you just want it to settle in your mind and get by yourself, consider it. Just take one of these with you. We, we have a course that will start in just a couple of weeks called Christianity Explored. It's a seven-week class. There's no charge to it. Uh, there's a meal each night there's a short teaching about who Jesus is what did he do and the opportunity to ask any questions you have the course just talks about what what does life mean how do we find purpose in life how do we how do we know what is true about god in a comfortable setting where you can engage or just sit and listen this starts in a couple of weeks you can just come and sit and be a part of that and just Ask questions and think and work through it with other people who are in the same place that you are, and we invite you to consider making it a home here to come with people who are seeking to know the Lord and through their struggle and weakness encouraging one another because we know you will not be encouraged to love the Lord more when we're out in the world. We need to be in a place where we're encouraged in this. So if you would consider who was really in the manger? What does that mean for me? If you're willing to consider that even now, let's pray. Our Heavenly Father, we come to you and we ask that you would bring clarity and faith to every heart that truly wants to know the truth about you. For each one that wants to know if this is real, speak to them. Lord, help us to see the truth of ourselves and our need before you. Help us to see the sufficiency of what Jesus has done. Give Faith to every heart as is needed. Lord, confirm yourself, for you are the living God. And we ask that you would do these things in Jesus' name. Amen.